0: Hello everyone, since this is either a highlight, a standalone book, or the first episode in a series, I'm jumping in to remind you what the rules are for this podcast. First rule is, no real people stories. That means that any details from our own lives are merely anecdotal, we do not read books about real people, and we are not reading historical fiction. The second rule is that we are basing our analyses off of how the author treats characters and what they put them through. We are not judging the accuracy of the trauma, the accuracy of any actual conditions that may be portrayed, nor the authenticity of a character's reaction to that trauma or that particular condition. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. i'm nicole and i'm robin and this episode on books that burn we are discussing ptolemy's gate by jonathan stroud from the publisher we have the book description ptolemy's gate is the climax of the bartimaeus trilogy in which a long-standing conspiracy comes to fruition and bartimaeus nathaniel and kitty face a final enemy which threatens them all I love it when these synopses are short and sweet and don't spoil the other books of the series. That's always nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: For our first topic, we have colonization now, uh, in case you aren't already aware. This is book three of a trilogy. So we're going to spoil stuff for the whole trilogy, not on purpose, but just incidentally. Yeah. Um, Like that Bartimaeus, uh, Nathaniel, and Kitty have a common enemy is already vaguely (laughs) a spoiler. And
1: arguably also the prequel, even though it was written after these. So go into this, assuming that you will hear things about what happens in the other three books.
0: Yeah. So, uh, colonization. Uh, This is a book about this is a series about um magicians and empire specifically in this trilogy the british empire yeah and there's this uh narratively lovely thing that is not great for the characters involved in it where they keep referring to the american campaign and that is british magicians fighting indigenous ma- magicians in the Americas yeah I have no idea whether the American revolution is a thing at all I didn't get the feeling uh, that it is it seems no, like it
1: seems like it's pre pre revolution well, or they've just got computers happen.
0: they've got yeah. computers so it's not pre revolution it, it's, it's, it's revolution didn't happen yeah is it's, it's
1: alternate universe earth in sure. any case even without the magic um yeah yeah
0: i i do like that they have computers but also like modern tailoring and stuff yeah well they have computers and cell phones and i hadn't realized that when i was a kid i thought this was set much earlier (laughs) um but regardless of the actual year i mean we know it's post gladstone but you know I'm not British, and so that has much little, much less weight in my head to help anchor me in time than it would for someone where, like, this is maybe referencing, like, a specific actual part of British history. So anyway, that they have cell phones anchored me the most. I'm like, oh, okay, this is probably when the books came out, which was the early 2000s. Right. Like alternate universe that. So anyway, uh colonization is part of the project of Empire and is fact how you end up with an Empire. And I really like the synergy between this kind of thing like burbling in the background, where it doesn't let the characters ever have the excuse in a meaningful way, Mm -hmm. of saying Oh well we we did all that in the past, but like it's fine now.
1: <laughs> no, no. Our our um our POV character is incredibly loud <laughs> about how you did it before, you're still doing it, you've never apologized. This is part of the cycle of empires across the mm-hmm. fictional world, and it always happens this way. And of course you're still doing it. And no, it's not better this time. Like um Bartimaeus is Uh, cynically enthusiastic about tripping Nathaniel up with his own history knowledge and and Mm -hmm. it's in a way that really never lets the the reader kind of off the hook of what's happening
0: yeah like um we hmm, I I think this fits here and not in topic three like one of the things with I was gonna say that Nathaniel keeps using the threat of sending Bartimaeus to fight in the American campaign to try and get him to do stuff. So, like, the the oppression at home is enmeshed and feeding into in this cyclical way with the colonization and efforts of empire abroad. Yeah, Like, it's all part of one big project right um in a way that again i did not appreciate or realize when i was a teenager and actually meant that i was like slightly trepidatious when nicole you wanted to do the series Mm -hmm. because i was like oh no i love these books as a kid i (laughs) understand colonization now what if this doesn't actually engage with that topic oh Oh, okay no it it, it very it It does slams you over the head
1: with this topic in a positive way from a reader perspective
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I was a little bit about worried about, like, oh no, like,
1: yeah. I, I think British I,
0: author using folklore <laughs> from another bit of the world. And it's like, oh, well, you can feel whatever way about that. Yeah. But once we're doing that, it's done in a way that speaks to that to in a the way. Problems, yeah. Yeah. To the problems in, inherent in Yeah, because I, I suggested this, I bank. think.
1: I think even maybe. In our first round of books, and and you vetoed, and that was fine. um Yeah, but yeah. So like four years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that was why. That was why I was hesitant. Is because I was like, oh no, right. I would like to for slightly longer have my lovely memories of liking <laughs> this series, and then got to the but end. And I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> um, no, th- this still worked out.
1: Yeah. No, this is very much a book that is told from a fictional British standpoint. Um. But in a way that in the f- fictional universe, again, and the fictional representation of things, crimes committed and things done, does not let Britain off the hook, even a little bit, and also mm-hmm. incriminates the cultures pre-Britain that, in again, in the fictional representation, uh, committed similar crimes. It is very, very loud about how none of this is okay, and yet you keep doing it because you can't handle not having power over other people. Just yeah over and over and over and over and over
0: <laughs> yeah like um i think it's the prologue to this one mm-hmm. is is it him working on the no that's the pre that's the prologue to the second one is bartimaeus working on the wall in prague yeah that's prologue and to then second there's book. yeah prologue to the second one um shows him in the past with at the tail end of the previous big empire's power, like Prague is still around. Mm-hmm. The existence of Prague. Oh no, I think this in is the this is this book because
1: we get Gladstone preface to Gladstone story.
0: Ah, uh, pretty yes. sure. Okay, yeah. So it might be this one, regardless Cause it in this was... trilogy.
1: Oh no, now I'm not sure because I'm trying to remember if we had the context for the golems before. <laughs> or I don't know I'm sure no because I three. think
0: I think we get the because that's in Prague with the golems I right. think we get the context for the golems because it's Gladstone's army that is coming to Prague we're talking about the same thing I was just thinking about it from the perspective okay of no I Bartimaeus think that is book two was, then yeah that's with Gladstone's two. army yeah. coming yeah because in book three
1: we get flashbacks with Ptolemy okay anyways yes moving on
0: yeah um so with that uh the the trilogy is very much highlighting how much yeah it's a cycle of abuse of power and people keep doing this yeah but part of why in this trilogy we wanted to talk about this third book rather than one of the others is because with the discussion of ptolemy we get the idea of like An attempt at another way. And we'll elaborate on this later. But I think it's relevant in our colonization section to talk about how this attempt at another way, the best possible version of this attempt at another way, which genuinely did happen in Bartimaeus's past, Mm -hmm. still doesn't work. It's not really because (laughs) it doesn't work, it doesn't fix things, it isn't better letting humans into the other place is no better for humans than it is for demons to come to this place i would
1: arguably it's Um, worse
0: yeah i was gonna i was trying not to spoil that but whatever i I think that's important though i
1: think that's a yeah that's a a context that matters well Um, then yeah
0: so no it's it's definitely worse in a way where an individual um you can individual <laughs> i don't want to call them demons because they don't want to be called demons but there isn't another gen is there yeah but that's just bartimaeus's class that's not all the other that's not like marriage spirits and and every... is what i think they get okay yeah spirits yeah that's so what they call themselves any of the... so to speak i was like i spent so much time saying don't call me demon and i'm like oh, wait what's the other word what's for the, the other
1: option you didn't tell us
0: what are the other options is well, okay no bartimaeus
1: um, would say the other option is to select specifically call out the class of spirit that oh, they that's are true
0: bartimaeus say you better have enough knowledge to Bar- exactly yeah bartimaeus would say you better about. have
1: done your homework and bothered to care enough about this to be accurate and also, you know how dare you put me on a level with anyone below me and they don't want to be and the people above me don't want to be on my level. So you can't call us all together. <laughs> that would be
0: the answer. <laughs> that's true. You're right. That probably would be his answer. Um, And might I think even spirits, be his though. answer somewhere in the book. Okay, that's yeah, the spirits. one that we,
1: we see in the book that's neutral and everybody.
0: Yeah. So when a human goes to the other place, it either will kill them or take a large chunk of their life and mess up their body yeah um, <laughs> and so they can you could survive one trip you can't survive a second one if
1: you're lucky you survive one trip
0: right yeah Um. but part of the inherent I, I so I'm talking about this here because I'm thinking about it as the idea mm. of the spirits being pulled because of colonial efforts to this world or a human if humans went in mass to the other place, it would be because of an attempted colonization. Was <laughs> my was my um my thought process for wanting to talk about this here? Uh, I see. It wouldn't just put them so in you a know, power. It wouldn't right, put just, them in power, so they wouldn't bother anyway. Right. That's so you know why I'm talking about this now right. and not at another spot, um, because that matters. So if the humans wanted to do that one magician still wouldn't go they'd send somebody else like they they'd find more of a somebody else to send (laughs) and it's not going to happen because the only way for a human to travel to the other place involves completely trusting one of the spirits yeah and that's not as a group going to happen and i thought it was very interesting that one of the things with all this colonial paradigm is the idea that you can't because of inequalities built into the system in i mean and this is where the system was set by up uh, by the author to prompt these thoughts right. um because of the way the system is there isn't a way for it to become equal right and so the best that you can have is a strong bond and trust between one human and one spirit. Right. But you can't can't commodify it, (laughs) which is an important lesson in the series. Yeah. um, Because trying to commodify is a project of colonization and subjugation and some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. And
1: I think also it's important on that note to note that not only do you have to trust the spirit calling you, but mm-hmm. they have to invite you. <laughs> There's yes. no way to get to the other place through force. Um, yes. Which is not true of Prague, the Americas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right. It's not true of the places where magicians are using the spirits right. to conquer and subjugate and continue colonization.
1: Right. Um. But I think that that's a nice... Because I just wanted to highlight that because forcibly Mm -hmm. calling a spirit to our world in the book is is how it happens. Uh, That is how that system is set up. But you can't force your way over there. It has to be through consent on your own part and also the person, the spirit summoning you. There's no halfway way to do that.
0: It does make me wonder from a world building perspective how any of this couldn't could have started if you have to know a name in order to call them over but also part <laughs> does talk about the idea that they were that magicians through calling them gave them names and yeah. so it seems it seems like it's a bit of a hand wave i've said enough please don't please don't <laughs> worry too much about it well we're several thousand years on
1: i don't i don't think it's okay here's my headcanon I don't think uh-huh. it's that you have to have a name to call the spirit I th- because they have multiple names. I think that in order oh, to call yeah. a precise spirit that has been named, using their name will get you that one. Ah, uh. I think it's that because, as Bartimaeus says, we don't have names in the other place. We don't care uh-huh. about things like that. I think that the limitation set on the spirit as it is pulled is partially given by their name mm-hmm. and that it was a system set up but naming them defines the name and not figuring out the name that doesn't exist
0: Yep, that fits that makes sense. i realized that
1: was like not the super- most coherent sentence <laughs> um mm-hmm. but Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with them and their being in the other place. I think it is 100% defined by pulling them through and how humans defined that spirit the first time it was called via the name.
0: Yeah, because definitely with some of the the types of spirits that are below Jenny. That they aren't called on an individual name basis, it, it seems. Like, you summon, I would like a bunch of imps, please. <laughs> I don't, like, that's the vibe I get, but I'm not totally sure. Right. Uh, regardless, um, it's time for our next topic. <laughs> On to classism. Okay, so, when you've got colonialism. That's often intertwined with colonialism abroad and classism at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the synergy of the bad stuff is very high in the world building for this series. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the class structure that we encounter because we're in kind of like the magician-focused side Mm -hmm. of the class structure, there's magicians... And commoners. Um, within I, that, can I especially add a as of new kitty's perspective, we have like a little bit more nuance. But what did? What do you want to look up?
1: Oh, I was going to just add that there's. It sounds like you're maybe going to get there from a commoner perspective. Go ahead.
0: I, I was going to say that we we start out with it being like magicians, commoners, and then by the time it's this third book, we've got like you know, there's there's some who work some commoners who work with magicians willingly there are magicians who aren't seen highly by their other magicians and are like totally fine being around commoners as long as they're not thought of as one of them we do encounter one of those um, that Kitty ends up working with um, and then there's people who like Jacob's family who provide a service for the magicians and kind of like so they're they're there's stuff with um the ways that being an immigrant plays into different things like there's a there's a lot of class complexity um, in what starts out as a very simple paradigm in the first book partly because Nathaniel is like 12 in the first book and as his understanding and Kitty's around the same age as her understanding of what's going on grows then Bartimaeus has more complicated, snarky things to be able to play off of. Um. I
1: apologize if any of Princess's cries for something come through the mic. Um.
0: (laughs) Discord filtered them, so we'll see on the final recording.
1: Yeah, that isn't always true about so
0: did i get to your point or do you Uh, have it separately you've
1: set it up really nicely i was
0: Ah, cool
1: i was gonna just say that um definitely in the first book i i agree it's very nathaniel only knows what he cares about which is mute magician good common or bad and he's 12
0: he's or or no that's
1: not true magician good and always correct common or bad unless they're helping you
0: Mhm. <laughs> he's 12. That's it. He's currently being indoctrinated and so part of the trajectory of the trilogy yes. is that we like, get the path of his indoctrination yes. and like the way this classist the classist ideas stew within him and make him a rather terrible person in book 2 and doing a lot of work to try and overcome those biases in book 3 I i'm well, sure this came up when we were discussing uglies but i mm-hmm. love books where it's the same character but oh yeah you did talk the about way this. they narrate is transformed across um a series i i know i talked about this when we did the, yeah for sure the ugly series but also nicole i regret to inform you that was at least two years ago <laughs> <laughs> oh no so <laughs> it's been a while maybe not all of the audience has has uh partaken (laughs) of those episodes that's Um, possible hopefully it's someone's first episode yeah so
1: so that's book one book two we get this Mm -hmm. really nice strata of the magician hierarchy and the thing this is this is something that i really like how this is done because uh so there's a thing (laughs) in any kind of um oppression in general whether it's Mm -hmm. homophobia or classism or racism or whatever what have you um uh i can't speak to anti-semitism but anyways the ones that i'm more familiar with um there's a thing that happens a lot of the time which is this this strata of acceptable and also unacceptable there are different ways to kind of you know there's the people who are unacceptable, but eh, they're kind of close enough because they are, they have some ideals of things that, you know, you could in the right circumstances have been acceptable. And so they're just better. And you have in your strata of acceptable, you have the people who, if they really weren't acceptable, then they would clearly go in the other class, but they have things that are not close enough, but by virtue of still being in the acceptable class, they're still kind of looked down on. (laughs) Um, And so you have this weird, like almost infighting thing that happens at both levels or more than one, all three levels or however many levels you have of trying to be close enough to acceptable or prove that you've earned your place. And this book series does a very good job of outlining that whether or not our characters are currently participating um Mm -hmm. kitty is a really good example of a character who just says f this i don't care this has nothing to do with me and i don't like it and i don't like the entire system i'm not trying to be accepted i'm just trying to live my life and you have made that impossible and so i will retaliate um bartimaeus starts out as somebody who said well i've started as unacceptable by association with my master and I want to earn my place. I want to prove that I've earned my place in a way that gives me power over others. And then eventually by book three, he's kind of said, you know what, never mind, this isn't worth anything, and I hate it. But it's not I hate the system, it's I hate where I am, but I just can't get any uh-huh. there- nothing I do is helping, so I don't actually care anymore. And then eventually, eventually he kind of gets to the point where at the very limited way he can see the actual systemic problem. But by then, spoilers, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's too late, <laughs> but also the system doesn't exist because reasons. Um, but, but I think, so I just want to just walk through that, that progression because I think it's really well illustrated. Mm-hmm. And in book one, we only get Nathaniel's understanding for human beings, which is, as I said before, magician good, common or bad, Magician good unless something commoner or bad, unless they're helping magician, right?
0: And I, I do have a little super quick thought about him in book one because uh. he is so enmeshed in that that he just says to Miss Lection's face about how oh, yeah. commoners are all terrible. And then partway through the conversation he like realizes that he's saying this to a commoner. And to a and commoner causes... that he likes
1: and respects and cares and about. I,
0: like it causes him some cognitive dissonance for a minute (laughs) yeah um because he's like wait i like you and you're like helpful (laughs) and stuff maybe commoners aren't all uh terrible and stupid or or
1: maybe i'm a terrible magician for liking you there's Mm, he has kind of both moments of maybe Maybe commoners aren't all terrible and maybe it's me i'm terrible
0: maybe i'm a class traitor like maybe it's awful exactly Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah literally
1: um yeah that's a good point (laughs) um so book two we see the magician strata book two we see the magician strata we see the people who are unacceptable but they're still acceptable because they fit in our class structure and they they did the right thing they're a magician to be in the upper level of the class structure but if the other other magicians could warrant it they would kick them down to commoner because something about them is just not acceptable.
0: No one likes Julius Tallow.
1: <laughs> no one likes Julius Tallow. <laughs>
0: probably because of his personality. But the probably. thing is, probably, but, or or well, actually, it's partly, it's also it's also because um, he messed up. It's also he because he messed up. <laughs> yes. So there's some like ableism, and I'm oh, I'm trying to remember even, the term. You know what?
1: I I want to argue. I don't even think it's ableism because I I'm don't tr- think I'm it, trying to get it doesn't the right impact term. him in any way. His skin is just discolored.
0: Yeah, it doesn't no, actually the... do
1: anything. It's just a visual reminder that the creatures that they are exerting power over are not actually under their control, and people don't like that. They don't like the idea that oh, that could happen to me, and oh yeah, magicians die
0: doing this. There, there's that. I'm, a... I, I'm ableism isn't quite the right word. No. There's I I know there's a term for mm-hmm. um for a related dislike of um ugliness or lack of beauty, oh, yeah. and I think the that w- ostracization I I that he has—I also can't
1: remember the name for it—but you're right, it is that one. But it's not. Yeah, it's not actually. I don't think it's, it. It's, I would argue, it's I related
0: it's to. Um, there's aesthetic components of ableism that intersect with it without right. quite technically being the same thing. Anyway, right. That's what we're talking about. That's what he has. He, yeah, <laughs> and also. Cause he is his he's terrible and his personality is very odious. But I suspect, but don't know, that the magicians were totally fine with him before he messed up one of these spells because right. it 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 scares them right. and makes them feel like it makes them feel like they could mess up in a way that would they hurt them. Next. But part of how they deal with that is in a structural way mm-hmm. is to say that that'll only happen to you if you're incompetent or bad. Right. And of course, in each case, the speaker doesn't consider that they could, cannot allow themselves to consider well, that they could be incompetent well, or it's, bad. It's
1: specifically that if you're incompetent, it means that you are either one of the two are a not a real magician because you messed up or B uh, shouldn't be a real magician. <laughs> right. Depending right. on the conversation that is in the commentary that is currently happening specifically around this character. It's one of the two. It's either you're not a real one of us or you shouldn't be because if you were real, then you wouldn't make a mistake. And mm-hmm. it, th- so you Come have in. that. And Nathaniel does a very good job of commentating internally and kind of outlining how that dichotomy of Like, you have to be the best accepted to be real. And if there's something, quote unquote, wrong with you, like, well, we can't kick you out, but we don't really, we're not going to help you. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: like, the instant instant you mess up, then you weren't a real one. Kind of like um, a, it's related to the no true, related to the no true Scotsman fallacy (laughs) thing. um, Yeah. Anyway, like, defining a group either in a way that you can't escape being in the group or it's impossible. Right. There, there's no bad ones in the group.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like, otherwise bad, our power structure group. would fall apart and we would have to think about this and we can't do that. And then in book three uh, oh, I also really like... I just want a side note before I go to book three. Uh, I really enjoy how it's set up because Nathaniel is... One of the good ones, but he has to, he still has to prove himself because his master was not one of the good ones. (laughs) And his master was incompetent and terrible. And so Nathaniel doesn't actually have to prove himself. He has to prove that he's no longer associated with his old
0: master. Mm
1: -hmm. He has to prove that he, it doesn't matter that he started there, that he's still his own person, kind of, Um, which is fun. And then in book three, we get from, from mostly from Kitty and some from Jacob, but for, through filtered through Kitty's eyes, we get this, the, the commoner strata of all the way from hates the musicians, hates the structure, wants nothing to do with it and is actively trying to push back against it all the way up to the commoners who make their books and write their spells and d- create all of the things that allow them to actually live their lives without being like workmen, um, allow them to only be magicians and not also printers. Um, so you have this, like this, those layers there and it's, it's really, it's just really well done. And it really, as somebody who read these books in I think middle school, <laughs> um, it's a really quick, good, thorough, like, here's how this can happen <laughs> and this is why it's bad for everybody involved you know the magicians at the top benefit but also it's not really a good thing for even them it's really just kind of terrible for everybody and the people at the top are just obsessed with staying there and they don't even get to really function live <laughs> and the people at the bottom end up disabled murdered betrayed <laughs> you know starved beaten what what have you um and i'm not i'm not labeling disabled um uh, disability in there as a the thing that happens but it's an explicit in this it context is a- it is a splic- explicitly associated with somebody hurt you a magician hurt you and you deserved it and so you have to live this way right yes yeah, so the classes is kick you out of the magician um- group
0: in at least one very particular case gets entwined with ableism i'm Mm -hmm. thinking of what happened to jacob yeah um because and and what what quote unquote should have happened to kitty like to
1: the uh point where the fact that she doesn't come out with a lifelong disability from this thing they call her a liar and tell her that it didn't happen and that they don't believe her and that they try to literally take everything that her family has from her like yeah, it's very so it, explicitly a commentary on this a little bit as well, but not in the same way.
0: Oh, definitely. But yeah, and so where where the the ableism comes into play, trying with the classism, is it's like, oh, that a demon has physically marked you in a way that other people can see, whether or yeah. not it it actually impedes your function, is treated. In ways similar to how um something that does impede function mm-hmm. would be treated in an ableist way by society. Um there it's treated as kind of like that is bad and they're kind of equally bad, but one of them is a sign that the people in power decided that you right. were in their way and should have gotten out of it faster. Right. And and so like other people will see it and be like afraid or concerned or like, oh well, you know, you got you got what you should have. You shouldn't have mm-hmm. done this thing that a magician uh didn't like one time. Right. And so they use ableism and then oh my God, I cannot remember what the term is for like the beauty related stigma. I'm gonna try um, and find it. One sec. <laughs> yeah, but it um those two intertwine to help reinforce the class structure rules.
1: Yeah. Well, and and also there's, there's an explicit Jacob and Kitty have a conversation about this at one point. There's Mm -hmm. an explicit um, victim blaming that happens where if you were injured by a spirit, then it's your fault that you live like this and it's your fault that you in our one character's case can't see that you are now blind entirely like you should have done better or been better he can see shadows he could basically see light and dark that's about it okay um yeah and like the the marbling on his skin doesn't really do anything doesn't impede him anyway it doesn't hurt or it itches when it's healing and that's it but yeah, he that's explicitly was... loses functional
0: sight. Yeah, he um, he referred to the marbling on his skin in a way that had given me the impression that he could still see, but uh, oh. I guess other. That's why I didn't mm. think that he'd lost his sight. Regardless, no, because there's he... a
1: there's a scene where he could tell that the light is turned on, um, and that's basically it. And he knows yeah. that he was flying kind of through the air because he wasn't touching ground, and then he's assuming it's a different place because it smells different and the light is hitting him different. And that's that's basically all he gives off.
0: Yeah, I had thought that was just immediate recovering, and the long term he could see again, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know that Regardless, we get a long term. Really, isn't, yeah, that isn't a that isn't a focus. Well, no, because when he's this...
1: taken, it's a couple years later, so it's explicitly long term. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, so the 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 point with this that I'm trying to make is that it's it's uh, the ableism that we see really in the book comes in the form of victim blaming, because the the disabled characters that we see are the ones who have been injured at the behest of magicians. Explicitly, we don't really get any other examples, um, and and so it's kind of taken to this level of like, if you if you are injured, if you have a disability because of this thing, then it's your fault and you should have done better. And also we have to ostracize you. We can't hang out with you. We can't be seen with you because then the magicians will a know that you are a problem and b implicitly assume that we are going to quote unquote misbehave as well. It's a very,
0: Oh, uh, I found the answer. According to TV trips, Jacob is severely disfigured, but temporarily blinded. The blindness is temporary.
1: Temporarily blinded?
0: I thought because, like, um... There were... The way Bartimaeus interacted with him made me think he could see. And anyway, TV Trip says the blindness was temporary. Um, anyway. Well...
1: That's weirdly inconsistent then, but okay.
0: No, because he it, is explicitly
1: kidnapped a few years after the incident, no, and he still can't function. Him.
0: No, he he's agoraphobic. That's how I read it. He could well, leave. He's his not family's like he's ostracized. His fam- well, his family's like you could go out of the house, and he's like, nope, I well, will yeah. not.
1: No, because I will be <laughs> hurt again.
0: Yeah. No. No. Completely understandable, but not due to blindness. Regardless, uh- I'll have to read
1: that scene again. So I was fairly certain that it was, it basically took the blindfold off. Oh, wait, that didn't really matter because you can't really tell anyway.
0: No, that, that is, I see how you, that doesn't fit at all with my reading of it at all in any of the times. Uh, Regardless, uh, I think that we should get to our third thing because there's even more cool stuff. And by cool, I mean a different topic of trauma <laughs> to, to discuss what? for this. <laughs> On to our final topic, which is torture. Uh, <laughs> we are <specifically laughs> The way you said that, our final topic
1: is torture.
0: <laughs> Deep voice. Uh, we are specifically talking about uh, Bartimaeus and how the other spirits are treated but like specifically Bartimaeus while recognizing that he is an example of this happening writ large to him and a lot of other spirits too we had debated whether to have the topic be torture or slavery and the reason we went with <laughs> yeah. torture is because of the paradigm where this isn't a some masters are cool and fine and they're basically friends and for some of them it's bad like well we also
1: we also threw physical abuse in there like we had three options and we had to figure out how to yeah thread that needle so that we got to talk about something that we wanted to talk about
0: yep and the reason that um i at least um i'm sure nicole maybe had other reasons for agreeing too but the reason (laughs) that I wanted to have torture be the topic, is because literally summoning a spirit to the physical plane confines and hurts them, making it so that there isn't a version of this that is pleasant for both parties. There can't be. Um, They could have a master whose only thing that is asked of the spirit is literally to come to this plane and they have caused them pain and are causing them pain for every instant until they return um now in this book we do have uh rather um dramatically uh an attempt to get around this to have a way for them to exist and not be in pain mm-hmm. um that appears to come <laughs> with a uh with mental deterioration well um uh, okay mental there's deterioration some... and also it doesn't actually work long term and also yeah it generally kills the human there, there's if legitimate the spe- debate
1: among the other spirits of whether the mental deterioration comes from one being trapped on earth this long or two being a case to the bones
0: yeah we don't don't even know we don't know but what we do know is that this isn't actually a solution which i think is the Mm -hmm. most important thing is to say we understand that the book has this but part of the point of it showing up is that this doesn't actually work long term. Yeah. Also um,
1: I just found and if we could find a way to integrate this maybe <laughs> into Okay. Uh our episode, we will. Um Uh I love when Google autofills a meme. <laughs> All I had to do to find oh, this meme was type in Ow Oof ouch and it went Ow Oof ouch my bones.
0: Okay, I will I will see. I will see <laughs> what I can do. Uh <laughs> but because we are a podcast <laughs> uh-huh. um and we just I think this, we just
1: got rid of twitter uh Cutting i'm out on the toxicity tumblr. in our lives i'm on tumblr <gasps> we'll see what we can yes do there. that's a good okay. medium for this that's
0: so uh you'll be able to see that at some point in the past uh i put this on tumblr tumblr does that mean i tumbled it is that N- it is no that how it, works? it means you re- rebagled it but no but i i'm not this isn't reblogging if i'm the one who puts it on there oh that that's just posting mm. i know about reblogging okay regardless <laughs> this is not a podcast about how i'm slowly navigating losing using that yeah. not losing tumblr using tumblr <laughs> uh, I, I just i just wanted this to- is a pod <laughs> this is a podcast about a book in which someone has the black tumblr used on them hey i got us back to the episode Okay,
1: yeah. so <laughs> I I just want I just thought of the the meme because when Heranius is touched with the silver, he's like, ah,
0: pain. Why? Yep. How dare you? No, no, no. Don't worry. I understood why. Uh, yeah. Why you did that? Um. There isn't a non-painful and non-distressing way for a spirit to exist on the physical plane. At least not one that they found out that doesn't leave uh, one party or the other in a very precarious position. Um, Nathaniel and Bartimaeus work out a thing, but if Bartimaeus wanted to, he could crush Nathaniel. Um, uh, Just pinch out his spirit. Yeah, just like... that. But also in the um general theme of hey so you should probably find another way because this entire system is toxic and bad for literally everyone uh if he did that it would actually be worse for him pretty quickly we have a lot of examples of that which i appreciated um so i think with like the torture and pain and like Also, like, specific punishments are also a thing throughout the trilogy and also specifically in the third book. We also get, like, a pretty explicit thing of, like, slightly intertangling with classism among among the spirits where Bartimaeus has a bad day and get because he gets punished by his master and or isn't getting dismissed and so is in excruciating pain Because it's been too long since he got to go back to the other place. And so he squishes a few imps because (laughs) he needs to let off some steam. I think that happens more in the second book. That happens several times. Yeah, like, it's not limited to the second book, but I think there were more of them in that one.
1: All right, hopefully I edit out that sound from the recording. Uh, Haku has been just a pest today because she desperately wants to get fed and she just can't handle it today more than other days and so she uh knocked my books over by rubbing her face on them and crying (laughs) it definitely got picked up by discord or by uh, audacity (sighs) struggling today all right anyways
0: but yeah i so this is the main trauma we picked for the book because it's so uh constant and ever present in a bunch of different ways um and yeah it's everything from like the ambient low level of just increasing pain for every moment that bartimaeus is around to narrate things for us he is in pain and being hurt And sometimes he's literally being tortured for information. Sometimes he's being punished because Nathaniel is upset that a thing didn't happen. He's being threatened with getting put into Warzone, uh, the American campaign, as we mentioned in the first topic.
1: Well, oh no, we should note, he does not get physically punished with um, spells at all. That does not happen, and it's very important that that doesn't happen for uh based reasons. oh sorry it happened um, it happens to other other creatures um and he does it to other people, other spirits, but he cannot have it happen by uh, by Nathaniel
0: So, he gets threaded with it. I thought Nathaniel heard him in the first book like once. uh
1: he, he no he he literally never got the opportunity. okay he tried and also nathaniel like generally vaguely threatens it to the group that he's ordering around but bartimaeus just kind of gives him like a a a taunting wink like "Mm, well yeah that will happen to me right because you can't
0: right go that's true well yeah because he he can't for he can't because uh bartimaeus is also calling him nathaniel um, because that's not his magic name that's his secret name that's the right. secret name that can hurt him uh, as a side note that meant that when reviewing these books it was interesting deciding whether i needed a content warning for dead naming which i ultimately only <laughs> went with for one of the reviews because it only played out that sure. way in one I of guess. the books Anyway, that's
1: really funny. I hadn't actually thought of it that way.
0: No, like I absolutely in the first book I put a content warning for dead naming because that's completely what's happening there. Yeah, the threat of revealing a part of your identity to other people in a way meant to cause social and or emotional <laughs> distress. <laughs> that's what dead that's is. So that happen-
1: so, <laughs> so anyway, that, that's so funny. That happened. So so anyway, that's so funny because this is the this is the the information equivalent of somebody has a gun on you so you pull a knife on them like you're right you're still right (laughs) this is allowed but also yeah that's hilarious
0: not like he he's not trans that's not what's happening right Um, right. and
1: and he is the one in power and actively oppressing bartimaeus and his his kin
0: but it's justified, also, but... <laughs> but also, he is being threatened with dead names as so a retaliation. Good. That is absolutely the dynamic that's happening, especially in the first book. That's amazing. By the time it was the later books, it wasn't in a way that made me think it needed to be a content warning. But for the first one, absolutely, no question. That's totally what's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of, I don't know, It it, you know, one of the... Interesting lessons of uh being uh a person is that i I am part of a bunch of different kinds of people, and some people suck, and so sometimes people in those categories suck right. <laughs> and in this I don't know he he sucks that doesn't mean he's immune to being threatened with dead naming uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yeah, so the the that Bartimaeus has this information is part of what you're right is part of what keeps him from being effectively uh punished uh by Nathaniel, and so the only thing that he can do so the only thing Nathaniel can do to punish Bartimaeus is to threaten him with changing the way that he is summoned right which is part of why the thing with the american campaign is such a a effective threat because he's threatening to put him far enough it a way that it'll be hard for it to matter that bartimaeus has this leverage right and so right. even if he carries out the threat well, someone would have to care enough to get that information back across the ocean.
1: <laughs> and, and also, can I just say, um, it's a threat that morphs throughout the time where it is a thing, um, because uh, it morphs depending on what Nathaniel thinks he can get away with, basically, without immediate retaliation from Bartimaeus. It starts out being, hey you're of the class of spirit that will get you put on a list to be used in America 100%. I can keep you off the list if I, one, have access to the list with, with, um, by gathering more power, and two, keep summoning you so that nobody else can.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: And Bartimaeus is like, ugh, fine, I guess. And then over time that morphs into, if you don't do what I say, I'll put you on the list myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Like, it, so, it, it
1: definitely is an. It escalates in yeah. a very clear trajectory.
0: Yeah. And so it's this mix of, like, the torture of not being dismissed <laughs> in combination with threats and coercion. And at a certain point, Bartimaeus is like, whatever, put me in the American campaign. I'll die. And it'll be over. And that'll be fine now. Yeah. Because i i literally can't anymore um yeah and and also just terrible
1: a a note on that nathaniel keeps him so long that Mm -hmm. he is dissolving can't hold a form together can't cast any magic is literally shrinking and disintegrating pretty much before nathaniel's eyes and he comes limping back (laughs) to him uh and it's basically like, I did it. I did what you wanted. Please let me go. I'm going to die with or without you, essentially. Um, and Nathaniel's like, oh. Oh, right. I, at heart, am not the most terrible person, and I actually care. Okay, fine. Go home. Rest. You know? Yeah. And it's just. It's it's one of those things where, like, he lets him, he dismisses him, and Every magician around him is like, what are you doing? Just torture it. Just get the information out while it's still alive and you'll kill it. We know it'll, it'll die. But you have to punish it for not coming back alive, well, healthy, and just telling you the info. Like there's a, there is a social stigma in that moment because he didn't add additional suffering to Bartimaeus's life.
0: Yeah. They're like, oh, you should have just killed him to get the info.
1: Yeah. Um, and that actually is like a really good character moment for Nathaniel because he kind of, that's where he starts to flip back from just this heartless kind of semi-villain into, oh, whoops, no, I actually don't like being like this as a person. Maybe I shouldn't listen to everybody who's my peer. Yeah,
0: like... Um, that's the first moment
1: the- we see him actually like go, oops, what have I been doing?
0: Yeah, like, it's interesting, like, um, especially I was referring to the dead naming thing, Mm -hmm. like, in the first book, he's Nathaniel, but it is a secret and becomes a problem is held over his leverage. In the Mm -hmm. second book, the leverage is still there, the threat's still there, but he is settled into being John Mandrake, magician, and totally willing to coerce and torture demons. And then in the third book part of his character arc is that he kind of returns to being nathaniel gradually
1: yeah and, and then eventually is. introduces himself as nathaniel like it's yeah. not it's not even just i don't care anymore it's no i don't care that this puts the some of the power back in your hands it's that fine. doesn't matter to me anymore it's okay
0: <laughs> um that's a good point Right, trying to undo some I mean, of this damage, yeah,
1: like not not in a explicit way, but like that's definitely the the read on it that I had, mhm-, is that he basically says, "I don't care, I'm not going to try and hurt you anymore, so I don't care if you could negate that, you can have this power back, it's fine, whatever, and I also want to point out, as far as like Nathaniel character arcs go, I know this isn't really our topic, but mm-hmm. um. He, the whole reason that he had his name out there for people to find is because he was not a cruel, heartless little kid. He was a kid who trusted and cared about two adults in his life. And so when they said, Hey, I want to care about your identity, tell me your name and I'll call it, I'll call you it in private uh mm-hmm. he trusted them cuz he cared about that because he is not this like heartless ruthless little child he was kind of created to be that way as he grew up and so those those moments where he kind of goes oh no what have i done <laughs> it's a very good like we we saw this like too nice little child kind of be shoved into this really just pretty terrible adult and then and then it's it's kind of cool to actually see him kind of go oh this isn't who I wanted to be this isn't who I was i'm not going to do that anymore yeah um and and literally and figuratively kind of go backwards and regress back into how he would have wanted to treat people and spirits as a child
0: yeah i was having there's a podcast I've been listening to uh, mm. kind of a lot. Um, it's called Embrace the Void. It's a philosophy podcast. <laughs> anyway, because of that, I was having a lot of thoughts about moral luck while uh, <laughs> while reading this. Yeah. And, you know, that's not the topic of our podcast. Uh, but I-, I do like the way Nathaniel is handled in this. Um, and, you know... Trying to stop having mm-hmm. things where Bartimaeus is just being tortured just by yeah. being around. I, trying to make it better.
1: This may just end up being. I'll I'll save it for the wrap up. I think this is my
0: favorite thing, so I'm okay. not going to say it. <laughs> cool. Um. <clears throat> um. Speaking of, I think it's time to head there. Yeah. Unless you for have sure. anything else. Nah. All right. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. On to the wrap-up and ratings for Ptolemy's Gate by Jonathan Stroud. Uh, for our first topic, our first thing, rating, a uh, gratuity rating for colonization. You know, topic one, how the flow of this works. Anyway, <laughs> uh, colonization. Um. Okay. This is off screen in one way, but okay. It's the, the, the literal colonization is technically off screen. I think. Um, technically, technically.
1: Well, the impact of it is on screen, but the explicit happening is off screen yeah like i don't know
0: um (sighs) okay the thing we're trying to entangle is is magical british empire doing a colonization when the entire thing is in london um how much of that how
1: and also the past how much the, the past of the other cities that we get brief glimpses of it happening yeah I I want to argue mild yeah
0: mild is fine I think it's mild I
1: think the more you know about it in our real world the worse it is but if you're just Uh reading the book to read the book nothing explicit in there like Yeah.
0: yeah yeah You could be like, oh well, it's Britain and it's an empire, therefore it's moderate. Like right. I don't, no. I in this particular case for this particular story, I don't hold with that. I don't think that that is a good way to indicate to a reader what to expect. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you about mild with a bunch of off-screen. All right, classism. Oh, it's severe. Uh, <laughs> severe.
1: People die.
0: It's severe. <laughs> severe. Yeah. Um torture
1: also (sighs) severe
0: it's also severe yeah (laughs) no yeah it's torture porn we're
1: supposed to agree with the magicians when we are seeing it from from their perspective
0: oh no you're right hey i feel like we should have like a bell or like a a something (laughs) that we ding whenever we finally have that as a gratuity rating we
1: put a sticker on the podcast episode when it comes out so it's a shiny (laughs) episode (laughs) Uh, we just color it yellow
0: don't hold me to that i don't I don't that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen to everyone though. I don't
1: know how uh, how we could make it happen.
0: There are podcast players where it oh. shows the individual. Graphic for each episode. Oh. We we put in an individual graphic. So if that's how someone's podcast player works, then they will get to see that. So we
1: could release the shiny episodes.
0: We could. Ooh. We're not okay. We are. Right. We're not. Fair. I I'm saying no. Uh, because then we'd also have to go back and fix it, and I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, yeah. No, you're supposed to know by listening to the wrap-up, dang it. That's what we're here for. Okay, so, (laughs) anyway, but yes, uh, finally, at long last, because it's been a while, we do have one where not only is it torture porn, it's torture porn for torture as the actual topic, which isn't necessarily what we mean when we put torture porn as the gratuity rating, because that could be our rating for a different trauma. Um. But no, it's, there are times where we're supposed to sympathize with Nathaniel, especially when he is inflicting, when, like, a magician is inflicting things on just, like, unnamed spirits. Like, especially then. Right. Just, we're at least supposed to under, to understand their mindset as part of understanding how it's bad which is like
1: uh, um, one yes. of the more
0: complicated things that's going Th- on this here. is
1: one of the milder depictions of torture porn
0: but still but, i i do agree but. that it is to that point all right uh trauma integral interchangeable or irrelevant for colonization uh
1: it's the background fabric <laughs> but i actually think it's irrelevant because yeah. We could it's either irrelevant or interchangeable because it would be very easy to just mm-hmm. pull classism and make it really substitute for all of the
0: I agree. I feel like the reason that it's there is because this is magical Britain, but if this were a second world fantasy novel, we could have pretty much the same thing without oh no, having pulled colonization out? into it. Hello. Robin. Come back. Which I think is an argument for interchangeable because you would have to swap Hello? something um, because making it a second world fantasy oh no. would be a pretty severe change. Uh-oh. Um. So I. Th- I think I do uh, agree with you about it being about it being uh, interchangeable. Okay then for classism uh that's integral i don't i don't think we can
1: definitely definitely integral it is literally the fabric surrounding the things that are the other stuff
0: yeah like you could absorb some of the colonialism colonization with classism but Mm. you couldn't do the the other way way yeah um i also think it would be very hard to have colonization without classism like that's part of like the thing (laughs) yeah um anyway that's a much more philosophical discussion (laughs) uh but the that that
1: makes me flash back to the very little bit i know about roman history and
0: conversation (laughs) which like yeah okay anyway (laughs) uh rome's rome's concept
1: of once we have conquered you you're our people now (laughs) is or at least the little bit i know about it is probably the only time that that even happens anyways moving on it's still not positive
0: i I would uh, there's still anyway there's still classes in it. it's just weirder and different and not matching the same as modern whatever anyway uh back to uh, the book we talked about that uh for all that this series dips back into history i don't think it said anything about rome i certainly didn't notice it anyway uh for the third topic which is torture i
1: i think this is also <sighs> integral
0: yeah because I, like that's the whole point if
1: this... if the thing that happens that in is inter- is explicitly torturous it d- wasn't torturous a lot of the motivation of some of our fabric of the world would disappear
0: yeah like the whole point of the book would be different if that wasn't how it worked, like it would just be an entirely different book, basically. Hey, Robin. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you about. um. I do agree with you ab- about that, that you couldn't have this book without it.
1: Hey, Robin. Uh-huh. We need to stop this recording and restart after you restart your computer and the internet.
0: (laughs) I switched to my phone. Just now? Yes. Okay. So, you'll need to cut this interlude, but my Audacity is recording and my phone is letting me talk to you.
1: Okay. All right, coming back in. Yeah, so, definitely agree... That it's integral. Uh,
0: now, as for the care rating, um, for colonization, huh? I think this is actually treated with a lot of care.
1: For colonization, you
0: do. Well, okay, so it's it's low on detail, which sometimes translates into care, and sometimes we uh-huh. don't think translates into care. Um, because of the way you asked the question, I feel like you are maybe more on that second
1: one. No, Um, well, okay, here's my thought process. The the explicit colonization that we see is brutal. (laughs) Um, There's not a lot of it explicitly on screen, but what is there is just no holds barred, no shying away from it. It's usually integrated with more either of our other topics um it's just not there's no punches pulled um i i, I honestly want to argue no care just because we never get we we never get explicit care taken we have nothing or slam you in the face there's no in between
0: yeah like you may disagree with then- that but that's no 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 i i it's a hard thing where it's like they didn't have um they didn't have a lot of detail and so that can either feel like com- mostly alighting over the topic in a mm-hmm. way that might be bad or not spending a bunch of time talking about a thing that the book isn't going to be able to try and fix because it is too big. Um right. So, if you would rather put it as no care, I am fine with that. Like, I hey, I see how you got there and I'm fine with that and we generally with the care rating, we try and err on the side of saying that it's lower if one of us thinks that it's lower. Right yeah I'm, I'm, I, I i'm good with that
1: i think that it's too aggressive when it is there to be anything with care taken
0: okay that's fine uh classism i think it's got a lot of precision and not a lot of care because <laughs> the point is talking about it uh being bad
1: Right. The the point is slamming you over the head with how terrible it is and how much it is hurting is hurting everyone involved. Yeah. Very yeah. much so.
0: Okay. Um The torture I'm less sure about.
1: The torture I also think is no care. We get explicit okay. descriptions of how painful it is and the things that it does to everyone involved and they're pleading for mercy and like it's not. Oh no, fun. you're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah as as the be, partly partly because of my aphantasia as the descriptions are more visceral and more concrete it is harder to for me to parse the care rating because my brain mm. does not supply the pictures and so right a description of how bad the classism is hits me much harder than a description of a torture scene it just does just because of how right. my brain works so yes i will happily defer to you on saying that this was no care um because my pr- brain was like Shh, that sure was a paragraph of description
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it is it is very very yeah. visceral it espe- yeah. especially for characters who canonically don't have a like default physical form it gets super visceral it's very very evocative of what is happening
0: nope yeah and there's i i think in my head i was doing a little bit of a comparison to like what felt because in this one a lot of it is that he's still just on the plane that was harder for me to parse out Mm. but Whereas in the second book, with like the confinement interrogation scene,
1: right, right, um, right.
0: Comparing it to that, this seemed less. But I can go with you on no care, Um, purposefully so. But yeah, yeah. Then for the moral directionality, very clear, uh, (laughs) hyper clear. clear, crystal clear. Yeah, it's clear um and the trilogy is the journey of nathaniel discovering that which is like really really cool that like no actually if you wake up and look around and go are we the baddies you should do (laughs) something about that
1: yeah Uh, it's are we the baddies how come you didn't get that five years ago how dare you
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely
1: book book one Um, opens with opens with the mooc summoned me and it was painful like it's hyper clear
0: it's bad and you should feel bad <laughs> yeah literally then uh, as
1: bartimaeus screams yeah. every 5 minutes
0: absolutely then for the point of view for the trauma and aftermath uh so
1: okay i want to make a is... comment on this before we actually rate it sure um this book is split between first-person and third-person omniscient. Mm-hmm. We have yep. one narrator and two points of view, and then three points of view three. eventually. Yep. Um, but it is still explicitly all the same narrator.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I going to assumed, actually, that the third-person sections aren't Bartimaeus
1: oh i um, i thought that they were because it's still or or at least so it's, it's, it's author third person omniscient but we still have one pov yes. we still have bartimaeus no, no, no. insight into everything
0: right but like you know he doesn't chime in on nathaniel's sections that's more well no because he's
1: not there usually thing.
0: right exactly and so it's it's not something that he learns later and sometimes like Anyway, I, it's, I have encountered other books with this split. Hmm. It is always interesting when that happens. Sometimes <sighs> they're really good, like this one, and sometimes it makes it feel like only one character is the real hero in a group that is otherwise seems like they're supposed to be roughly equivalent. This huh. doesn't have that problem. This is No, because in this book, uh, we
1: have our one true hero and our perpetrators
0: yes Um uh, perpetrators <laughs> and complicit others and yeah. yes uh, i agree uh but yeah so with the point of view for the trauma and aftermath because it is third person omniscient for nathaniel and kitty's sections we do still get their thoughts especially with kitty like we get her thoughts specifically about the classism mm-hmm. um and different things but um so it's a mix of, uh, with, especially with torture, it's a mix of mm-hmm. the perpetrator and the victim, depending on the scene and what's happening. But the focus is very much that this is the story that Bartimaeus is telling for as much yeah. of it as it's possible for him to tell. I do like, I like how it plays out here. Yeah, other mm-hmm. books... It, This split doesn't always go well, but I think it's done well here. (laughs) Uh, For Trope Spotter, uh, we have Ascended Extra. So Kitty is originally in just a couple of scenes in the first book. And then she's a point of view character for the second and third books. Mm -hmm. I don't want to... say or spoil any more about that but just that you know she very briefly shows up and then she matters a whole lot to the overall structure of the entire series in a really really cool way Mm-hmm. alright what was your favorite non-traumatic thing about the book? I
1: love the character arcs I love especially for our three main characters with as many avoiding spoilers as much as possible I love that they end up in the same place they started <laughs> Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: and it's not a negative thing <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, without naming names without tying them to anything in particular in the vaguest of terms we have three characters who undergo a severe arc one of them starts out this incredibly empathetic just once everybody to be happy doesn't understand why it's not that way becomes cold and bitter <laughs> and then ends up the most empathetic and the one who's taking care of everybody else. Character two starts out believing in other people for once. (laughs) Loses that entirely, is convinced it will never happen again, and how dare you mention them in front of me. Ends up trusting, and that is what furthers the plot. The third character ends up believing, or starts out believing, That it's not the system that's the problem, it's the people who are doing bad things. Becomes more jaded, kind of cynical, thinking, oh no, it is the system, and it doesn't matter how much somebody wants to do something well, the system won't let me, and it's going to kill us all. Ends up at the end with going, no, the system is perpetuated by people. People have the power to change that system. And if we, we can do it, if we actually bother. <laughs> um, and that is not the explicit thing I like about their character arcs, but it is the vaguest terms that I can give. Um, and it's just really well-written. It's really interesting and it's really good. And, you know, most books, if you hand it to somebody and say, Hey, the characters end where they began, they'd be like, um, okay, that's th- what, it what happens then. <laughs> um, <laughs> And this book just does a really good job with having characters that feel very true to themselves the entire time, but that undergo growth and change and kind of weirdly find good in the world in the worst way. Um, And I don't normally like books where characters are happy at the end. Um, But this book does a really good job and it just has like, it it does it takes everybody through this kind of hope oh no it's terrible oh okay we can hope again if we actually work together and bother to try kind of thing and also if you like like gothic imagery and like not gothic as in both gothic as in like the time period but also as in like middle school goth this is a good book good series
0: uh my favorite non-traumatic thing about the book i'm torn because one of my favorite things actually probably actually is kind of traumatic uh because it is it's a characters it's a character that we never like and we're never meant to like and it's their last stand before dying But it's just this beautiful moment of like, oh, okay, you're kind of like a terrible person, but you're like a consistent terrible person in this really particular way that is narratively interesting, even though I would not want to hang out with you or talk to you at a party. That would be a terrible experience. Um, But as a character to read about in a book. Okay, no, that was pretty cool. Like, uh, didn't work out for you. Uh, so right. anyway, so I I really do like that, but I also recognize that as a character's last stand, um, that doesn't quite fit our non-traumatic uh, category <laughs> for this. <laughs> so, yeah, well, um, I really liked Ptolemy. I like how he's handled in the flashbacks, and just like his rapport with Bartimaeus is really cool. Like, I really enjoyed those sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Um... Any final thoughts? Uh...
1: Mm... No.
0: <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> So that's it for Ptolemy's Gate by Jonathan Stroud. Uh, Just in case you jumped straight here to the wrap up, we did kind of spoil a bunch of stuff randomly across the entire trilogy in our main discussion. So uh, beware, but also like it's it's book three. Um, Yeah. And I'm putting a comment to that effect in the show notes. It's,
1: It's the third one published. It's the fourth one in continuity it's hard to this is these books are very like individual separate stories but actually really it's just a long epic so yeah it's hard you know it's hard if we talked about the third lord of the rings book we would have to mention the shire you know (laughs) it's hard to you can't really pull it apart entirely with and still talk about the characters
0: and our discussion wouldn't have been as good if we limited to just what had happened in book one which is why we didn't do that yeah um, for sure we both have read this trilogy like mm-hmm. several times and uh, enough so that nice. I can pull
1: every spirit's name out of my head. If we wanted to. <laughs> and I did three or four times in the discussion. And it I'm was, not good with names. Nice. So that's not a good thing for me.
0: It, it was I, nice I think I spe-
1: I think I even mispronounced her her Heronius. Heronius? Heronius?
0: Yeah. Anyways. Well, now you have you said it like several different ways, so one of those is wrong. One of them's right.
1: It's fine. <laughs> Uh, Heronious? Right. Probably erroneous.
0: Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode on Ptolemy's Gate, and we will catch you next episode.
1: I'm going to check it real quick. It is. Oh, there's. Wait, what? <laughs> Hornarius. Honorius. Oh, I was entirely wrong. Oh, cool
0: oh no (laughs) Uh, all right anyways (laughs) bye thanks for tuning in bye All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. Our transcriptionist is Heather. You can find her on Twitter at MamaDragon20 or on TikTok at Dragons underscore Den. We're proud members of the Certain Point of View network of podcasts. Check out all the Certain POV shows at www.certainpov.com. Please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash books that burn. If you can't wait for the next episode and need even more book related content in your life, check out our book review blog reviews that burn subscribe to the Fortnightly newsletter or follow us on the story graph. You can contact us by email at books that burn at yahoo.com and find all our links, contact info, and social media on our card, books that burn dot Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and remember, some books burn you.